This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. This is the same greeting that Jesus, peace be upon him, he greeted his followers with. Moses, Abraham, and all the messengers of God, and we're greeting you with that same greeting here today on the Dean Show, peace. We wish the best for everybody. Now there have been some misinformation, some mistruths associated with this beautiful way of life, the same way of life of all the messengers of God, that complete and total adherence, submission to the one who created you. It's a very beautiful way of life. So today my next guest is going to help clear up some of these misconceptions. He's going to help tackle some of the mistruths that are out there so you can get a better picture about this beautiful way of life. The way of life, as I said, that Jesus practiced, Abraham, Noah, that way of life that tells you what the purpose of life is, where you're going when you die. Gives you peace and contentment. Gives you success not only in this life, but in the next. My next guest here on The Dean Show, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, sit tight. We'll be right back. This is The Dean, The Dean Show. This is 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 the Dean Peace be unto you. Assalamu alaikum. Now, most people, they know who you are, Sheikh Khalid Yassin. Can you just for a minute, for those of our non-Muslim, the not yet Muslims, who are out there viewing this, and we really cater to them. We really want them to get a better picture of the beautiful way of life that we live and to share this beautiful message of peace with the world. So you've been um, out there lecturing people, uh, uh, delivering the, the, the message of the purpose of life. You used to be a for, former Christian, is this true? That's correct. Yeah, and, and you're still following the way of Jesus, is this right? Absolutely. How, how is that? Is that, is that? Am I twisting the truth, or is this 100% no. the truth? Uh, Jesus, Jesus uh, was, uh, was not, um, uh, Jesus didn't appoint himself. Uh, uh, Jesus uh, did not worship himself. Uh, Jesus was following the mandate of the Creator. He said, um, if anybody wants to go to the Bible, he says, uh, uh, um, I can of my own self do nothing. But whatsoever I'm ordered to do from the Most High, uh, that is what I do. So uh, this best personifies the position of Jesus Christ as a prophet and a messenger. And so it's his values. It's, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the values of his mission and his message uh, uh, that we are still uh, uh, affirm, confirming and uh, attesting to. Uh, as Muslims, and uh, he was one of those who submit to Almighty God, who had the ultimate submission. And so, uh, and before him, John the Baptist, and uh, before him, Solomon and David and all the other prophets of God, they all submitted, not to themselves, but to the Creator. So in that sense, uh, I took the best values uh, out of the faith system called Christianity, and I've retained those values as a Muslim, but we went to another level. It's like going from high school to university. 
if a high school student didn't know about the university, they would probably be very grateful to have a high school diploma. But if they knew about the university and the benefits that come from graduating from the university, everybody will go and would go. So uh, that's the kind of way that we see ourselves. We, we feel, feel ourselves to be uh, fortunate by Almighty God to have been selected or chosen or exposed to Islam. Uh, and as such, we took the best out of the Christian uh, system, and, and we're Muslims. Misconceptions, and we want to clear this because hopefully, God willing, then there'll be less Islamophobia. It seems to be on the rise, yes. and education, I think, is key. And this is how then we can start to develop true tolerance and understanding, and this is what the Dean Show is about, trying to yes. help people understand the most misunderstood way of life out there, yet it's phenomenal that it's the fastest growing way of life out there today. So one of the misconceptions was we just covered right off the bat. We greeted each other with peace. That's the same greeting that Jesus greeted his followers with. And we just said that Jesus was a Muslim. He submitted his will to God. That's what we do. And some people say, you know, these people are the Antichrist. How would you address this? Well, first of all, um, uh, you know, that's a very subjective statement uh, that people make because somebody else has branded that and they're just repeating that. Um, but Jesus was the Messiah. That is, he was appointed by God. Uh, Jesus was the son of Mary. Uh, and that made him, he was born of the womb. Uh, of course, he had a phenomenal birth. Nobody has any doubt about that. You know, that uh, there was no earthly father for Jesus Christ. And we also acknowledge that also. Uh, but Jesus submitted himself to God. He prostrated the same way we prostrated. He wasn't prostrating to himself. So uh, there's a lot of misconceptions. And to be anti-Christ uh, is only a philosophical terminology that has come recently. Jesus uh, was not a Christian. Jesus was the Messiah. So Christianity was something that Constantine came up with to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to create a uniqueness uh, and a, a special determination of citizenship. You know, the, uh, the people who followed Jesus Christ were called Nazarenes. That is, he was Jesus of Nazareth, because his message started out in Nazareth. So those who followed him from Nazareth, along those different paths and roads, were called Nazarenes. Now, Nazarenes didn't call themselves Christians. But when Constantine, a pagan emperor, when he adopted Christianity, he forced the name Christianity to distinguish himself and the people that followed him. It's a historical thing that we need to look into. Um, but uh, no, we're not Antichrist. In fact, we are the people that personify we love Jesus Christ, we support Jesus Christ as Muslims within the faith of Islam. And the name of Jesus Christ is mentioned more in the Quran than the name of Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him. Amazing, amazing. These are facts, not fiction. That's correct. Terrorism, synonymous a lot of times with Islam. So you say, as soon as you say Muslim, people put terrorism after that. What do you got to say mm -hmm. about this shit? Well, you know, the word terrorism, if you go back uh, in, the, uh, in the dictionaries, whether it's uh, Merriam-Webster, Funk and Wagnall, uh, you know, or the um, uh, Harvard Dictionary, Columbia Dictionary, uh, you'll find that uh, 50 years ago, uh, the word terrorism had a totally different name, uh, a totally different definition. But after 1948, the word terrorism, the first time that Muslims were called terrorists was in 1948. So what happened in 1948? That was the criminal invasion into Palestine, the criminal occupation of Palestine. And when the Palestinians began to defend their country uh, as freedom fighters, they were labeled as terrorists. So from that time until now, Muslims, the word terrorism, fanaticism, has become synonymous uh, uh, with being uh, uh, with Muslims. Well, that's just the multimedia. Uh, that's, the, that's like the, uh, the, the kettle calling the, the pot black. Okay, but if we look at history, 
uh, I mean, especially in the last 500 years, what countries have personified the word terrorism? That is, intrusion into other people's lands, slaughtering people, displacing people, uh, traumatizing people. That's what the word terrorism means. Okay, so who has done that? Well, it's the British, it's the French, it's the Germans, it's the Americans, it's the conquistadors, and all those kinds of people who have been uh, uh, intruding into people's lands, uh, spoiling and snatching people's uh, natural resources, uh, displacing people, um, and taking advantage of people. And so that's terrorism. So I would say that uh, the 43 million people who have been displaced uh, by this kind of terrorism uh, in the last 500 years, uh, it goes to say that uh, sometimes the people who call people terrorists are really the ones who are spreading uh, uh, historically terrorism. Uh, the second thing is that uh, Muslims are called terrorists only because uh, people want to demonize them, dehumanize them, and marginalize them. Because when you've been dehumanized, uh, you can do anything to a person if they're dehumanized. You see, if you want to demonize people, make them seem like evil, then it means that whatever good they do, people don't, uh, would trivialize it. And if you marginalize people, it doesn't matter what you do to them because they seem to be trivial. So this is what's happening with, uh, with Islam. But you know, God has his plan, and people have their plan. And the plan of God always wins. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with more. Yes. Here on the Dean Show. Islam prohibits killing of innocent human beings. Human life is precious. There'll always be someone that'll be there to say something negative. But at the same time, there'll be someone there to say something positive also. Just hold on to the rope of Allah. Everything in this universe rely and need Allah. The Quran says, don't kill women, don't kill children, don't kill the old people, don't attack the civilians. This is what the Prophet Muhammad told us. Ibn Qayyim said that the Prophet never ever start a war against anybody. Why is our news media foaming at the mouth when it comes to stories about Islamic terrorists, but not white guy terrorists? It's not because Muslims are a bigger threat. In fact, between 1980 and 2005, 94% of all the attempted or successful terrorist attacks on U.S. soil were not carried out by Islamic radicals, but instead by non-Muslims, mostly white guys. So then why the obsession? Back here on the Dean Show, and we're trying to clear up many of the misconceptions so God willing, there'll be less Islamophobia because Islam isn't anything that people should fear, is it? Should people, I mean, fear, this is the way of life that God Almighty wants human beings to live. I mean, to acquire peace. We're all looking for peace, and you can't buy a six-pack of peace. You have to go to the owner of peace. So this is that, that way of life that we're living and we're trying to share with others. But unfortunately, there's some mistruths, some misconceptions associated. And I just want to touch upon this point before we go to the next, continuing on with this terrorism. Does Islam condone, does it condone actions such as 9-11? Because usually when you bring up terrorism, people start to think about the Twin Towers and you recently had the New York subway bomber. Does this 
have anything to do with Islam, Shay? No, it has nothing to do with Islam, and, uh, but we have to be honest that uh, perhaps in some of these cases we can clearly see that there may have been some Muslims either directly or indirectly involved. But Islam and Muslims is not the same. You got separated too? Yeah, ex exactly. Okay. Uh, uh, Islam is the faith system that is perfect and complete coming from God based upon scripture and revelation. Uh, Muslims are those who make the claim uh, to represent that. But, you know, when people uh, have been traumatized, uh, when people, uh, you know, have been oppressed, uh, it can make them mad, it can make them angry, it can make them crazy, uh, it can make them react in different ways. We don't justify that, but we say that uh, a Muslim who is uh, uh, angry, frustrated, uh, uh, crazy, can be manipulated, and if they do things that are wrong, uh, it's wrong. Wrong is wrong and right is right. Uh, but let us, let's, let's say uh, that um, we have to understand that uh, a person uh, who is put in a certain position, if you put a rat in a cage, if you put a cat in the corner, uh, if, you, if you corner a wild beast, how are they going to react? They're going to react instinctively. So I say that there are some Muslims who unfortunately have been placed in those conditions and they have reacted in a negative way, but Islam has nothing to do with that. Uh, in the same way that uh, the, Oklahoma, uh, the Oklahoma bomber, okay, he was a Christian, a right-wing Christian, but we don't say, you understand me, that Christianity has anything to do with that. I mean, Hitler was a Christian, but we don't say that, we, that uh, Christianity had anything to do with that. Okay, the conquistadors, uh, they were Christians, but we don't say that, it's not, that Christianity had anything to do with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the, the greatest tragedies uh, in the world were done in the name of religion, and uh, unfortunately, the Christian religion. But we don't blame Jesus Christ for that. So I think that to be very fair, uh, people need to be, uh, take an ob uh, objective uh, insight into the sources of Islam, which is the Qur'an and the prophetic uh, traditions of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and be, uh, blessing be upon him. And we never found our Prophet, peace and blessing be upon him, doing any such actions like that. Therefore, Islam is not uh, uh, the villain. Uh, uh, the Muslims are, in this case, the victims. Now tell us also, is it true, because you hear this next word that I'm going to mention, isn't it true that Jesus, peace be upon him, and Moses, and the messengers of God, they call people to adhere to this word right now. Can you define it and explain it? Because then people will kind of settle when they, once they realize what this actually means, Sharia. Because mm. when you say Sharia, they think, oh, the boogeyman's coming mm. to get you. We don't want no Sharia over here. But didn't Jesus, the tablets that he came with, I mean, Moses, the tablets that he came wasn't this Sharia? Wasn't this divine law? Can you explain this word? Yeah, let's, let's uh, try to understand uh, the word uh, Sharia um, from its origin in the Arabic language. It means to arrive at a watering place. You see, Sharia means a path. It literally means a path that leads to water. And water is essential for life. So what it means in the context of language is one thing. What it means in the context of Islamic legislation is another. It means that Islamic legislation leads to life, it leads to success, it leads to regulation, it leads to uh, a divine guidance. That's the watering place of life. So Sharia is the system that should govern the Islamic State, and when the Islamic State influenced the world, Sharia had a very beautiful uh, a meaning. Today, uh, the people that package words uh, can make anything that is beautiful ugly, and can make anything that's ugly beautiful. So we can't believe the hype. You see, we have to go uh, back and make an assessment of the actual values and principles. Now, I think that Muslims should not be so naive or ambitious so as to think that we're going to bring uh, Islamic legislation inside of a society that already has legislation. That's conflict of interest. 
We can't do that. We bring the principles of Sharia from our hearts and in our minds. But we adapt to the society where we are. Why? Because we have to be good citizens and practical citizens. And being good and practical citizens means obeying the law of the country that we live in. Tell us also honor killings. You've heard this also. There's no honor in killing. This is something that's, that's a cultural phenomenon. Has nothing to do with Islam. Nothing to do with Islam. Absolutely nothing to do with Islam. What is the honor killing that people call it? So if somebody marries, if a girl from my tribe or my family marries somebody from another tribe or family to keep the honor, we do something dishonorable? No, that's criminal. That's cultural. I don't care where it's done in the Muslim world. It's criminal and it's cultural and has nothing to do with Islam. We need to separate that and put that to the side. Period. That's Moving it. On. Okay, good. I think many of the sincere, the humble-hearted, the open-minded, I mean, these are just clear-cut answers and they make sense. But someone might have heard that, you know, these Muslims are allowed to lie. Tukia, they call it or something. Tukia. Tukia. Mm. Explain this. What is this? Does it have anything to no, do with No, the Prophet also said, Man ghashana falaysa minna. He said, Whoever, who is deceptive or lies to us is not from us. So we don't lie. We don't deceive. That's not honorable. We can't do that in the name of religion. Except the Prophet ﷺ said in maybe three cases. You know, if I become a captive of war, and the people that capture me say, where's your leader? Where's your armaments? I'll tell them, it's in that direction. Although I know it's in that direction. So we can understand from a practical mm -hmm. purpose that we are legal to say, we are liable, we can say, we are allowed to say something other than the truth in that case of war. Uh, another case is to keep peace between two people. I was a witness of something. I'm the only witness of something. And if I were to say the truth, maybe I would exacerbate the conflict between these people. So I say, well, to be honest, I didn't really see that. Or another one, you know, in the morning, you know, when my wife is kind of like disheveled, you know, and her breath don't smell that good and so forth and so on. I say, sweetheart, you know, you look the most beautiful in the mornings. You know, it's not exactly truthful, yeah. but, you know, it's sort of like something that we live with as a life. So if we want to call that not saying exactly the truth, we can do that, but we're not allowed to lie or to deceive. No, Islam is a religion of truth, and we stand by the truth even if it means losing our lives. This is amazing that even these details, even when you can exaggerate or, you know, uh, to bring peace between people, there's exceptions to these rules, but yes. in general... You Muslims need to speak the truth at all times. All times. Amazing, amazing, yes. amazing. Continuing on we're here with Sheikh Khalid Yassin. And all we ask is that you have an open mind, a humble heart. And the truth is clear. It's very simple to understand. Tell us now the next misconception. People see the woman in the veil. And they say, look, man, you're oppressing these women. Let her out of this. It's hot out there. What do we got to say? Well, first of all, uh, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. So uh, if in America, uh, women feel, uh, if men like to see women in G-strings, and women see themselves to be beautiful wearing G-strings, well, that's, that's their set of perceptions. That's their set of values. We don't accept that. Uh, we say that's demeaning. We say that's exploitive. Uh, but at the same token, um, uh, if that's the way people want to live their lives, we have to be tolerant about that. At the same token, there was a time 50 years ago when there, we saw nuns walking in the street, and they were dressed just like our Muslim sisters are, nuns, the, the Catholic uh, uh, sisters that are uh, attached to the church. And they were wearing the hijab. You know, they're covered from head to toe. And nobody whistled at them. Nobody said, hey, baby. No, because everybody understood that this is a religious woman, a woman of principle. So the same with our women are, they deserve that. And the thing I'd like to say is that 
who would have diamonds and pearls and gold and their certificates of deposit just sitting out on their table in the living room for the guests to see? No, they wouldn't do that. Where do they have them? They have them somewhere in a safety deposit box, covered, out of sight. Okay, because anything that is valuable is kept covered and out of sight. So our women is our gold, our pearl, our diamonds, you know, our certificates of deposit. And God has told them to put on a uniform that keeps themselves covered. Because whatever's covered is unseen and the value is there. Whenever you expose it, everybody has lost the value because it becomes common. So the women should see themselves differently and we should see women, our women, as differently. And so God has ordered them to cover themselves. But ordering them doesn't mean that if they don't cover themselves, somehow or another, uh, uh, we should speak bad to them or disrespect them. It's their choice as a human being. And so people should put things into context and not label people from, you know, media reaction. You've come to those who have consciously submitted to the one God, the same God of Jesus, Abraham, Noah, and the last and final message of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. And hopefully, inshallah, by hearing many of these mistruths being explained in their context coming to the Muslims, people are getting a better picture and better understanding. We'll be right back with more here with Sheikh Khalid Yassin on the Dean Show. Sit tight. Okay, you've got your dream home and you've got your dream car, but you're going to get old and things are going to happen to you in your life. And then what have you got? At the end of the day, it's an empty dream that has no real foundation. We are going to die and we're going to meet our Lord and He is going to judge us. It becomes an obligation for each single human being to find out what the Quran is. Islam is telling us to stay away from things which are bad for your person and bad for the society. Back here on the Dean Show with Sheikh Khalid Yassin and we're clearing out a lot of the misconceptions, the mistruths about this beautiful way of life. Now the next question that I have for you Sheikh is that many people when you say Islam and they think that we're trying to take pe people back to the Stone Age, riding camels. You know, uh, you, when you become Muslim, you got to wear a turban, look like an Arabic Arab. You know, that it, it's not relevant to today's society. How would you tackle this misconception? Well, um, you know, Hollywood, Bollywood, Charliewood, or Nollywood. You know, that's Nigerian TV or Chinese TV or Indian TV or American TV or movies or media. Uh, they create fiction um, uh, and, and create fiction almost like it's fact. So when people say that the Quran is irrelevant, I say that how can rain become irrelevant to a farmer? Rain 5,000 years ago had the same relevancy, it has the same relevance. Well, rain is just like revelation. So the revelation of the Quran, which is legislation from the Creator, is just relevant today. But it's people who have contemporary thoughts, people who are intellectual today, who have to relate the values and the issues and the critical uh, issues of today, make them relevant. And the Quran is a living book. It's not a dead book. It's not an ancient book. It's a living book for all time because God knows the past and the future. And so it's up to us as Muslims to take the verses of the Quran, the values and the principles of the Quran, and to relate them to finding solutions for contemporary uh, issues and, and circumstances. The time is so short, and we yes. just wanted to clear some of the misconceptions. There are many, and possibly, you know, we didn't cover one or two that might be on the minds of some of the people, but just from listening to some of these, these are some of the major ones. So you made sense of it, and it, 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 it's... God willing, having some people reflect, but now they want to know, okay, all right, what is Islam calling me to? What's the benefit of Islam for society? And me as an individual, you know, if I accept this way of life, what, what good will it bring in my life? 
Well, look, I mean, since the economy, you know, is supposed to be one of the number one issues, unfortunately, you know, it's made the number one issue by greedy and materialistic people. But let's just take the economy since that's a major critical concern of all people, right? Well, look, the Quran forbids us, God forbids us from doing compounded interest transactions. And so people would, would, pe people would not be in such debt uh, if they was not be, being uh, taken advantage of, okay, by compounded interest. And so if I were to say to people, listen, uh, if you just took a course of Islam 101, just take a course in Islam 101, uh, and after doing so, uh, what we'll do for you is, uh, we'll take the debt that you have that, where you lost your house, we'll give you your house back, we'll manage that debt for you, but for now on, don't buy any credit cards and allow us to manage your debt without interest. Uh, would you be willing to take that Islam 101 course? Of course you would. And if you found out, you know what I mean, that, uh, that you could live prosper, uh, prosperously, you could have prosperity, then w would you be concerned uh, would that benefit your life? Of course you would. So I think that uh, this is a principle of Islam. Islam will liberate you from debt. Islam will liberate you from debt. And if people understood that they could be liberated from debt, they would consider to become Muslims tomorrow. Amazing, amazing. Tell us now, we got to go uh, for that, again, for those people out there who like what we had to say, and now the junk is being cleared and they're having a better picture, what advice do you have them to continue on and which direction to go? Because, you know, there might be some more confusion in their minds. What advice do you give for those sincere, humble yeah, truth seekers? Uh, I say to um, uh, your um, uh, viewers, uh, whether they are uh, uh, local people or the uh, national viewers or people around the world, uh, that you need to, once in your life, take a time uh, to read the Quran. The Quran is available. Either go to the public library or go to Google Gaggle Giggle and download it and take a look at it. Go to Challenge Your Soul or wherever you can. Read the Quran uh, for a minute or for an hour or for a day. Uh, you'll find that your life will not be the same. Also, look into the life of the most profound human being in the world, in the annals of history. The Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him. I think, again, when you compare him with any human being in history, you'll find that his personification uh, is like the moon in the middle of the night. Uh, that's what I would recommend. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you we so started much. with peace, we end with yes, peace. Sir. Thank you and very may much. The Creator God Almighty in everything we say, Allah rewards you. Thank you so much. Thank brother. you. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Dean Show. We hope that you got to benefit. We got to clear many of the mistruths that were out there. Continue to join us every week here on The Dean Show for another exciting show. Until then, peace be unto you. In every individual there comes a day where they need to take a second just to contemplate about life. Man, I wonder why Am I living it just to die? I'm grieving, my days decreasing God, please hear me and give me the reason why You brought me in this life Sometimes it gets so depressed, I'm stressed No control of my soul, like a hole in my chest Can't sleep at night, so I drive into the open Watch the stars while I listen to the ocean